Good morning, everybody. How are you? Man, it's great to have you here this morning. And I hope that you are feeling good. I hope everybody's gotten a good weekend's rest and you're just pumped. You're ready for this uh, next week. Uh, it's exciting because spring is finally starting to get here. There's some things that are budding and uh, there's a different kind of feel in the air that's called pollen. All right, and uh, that's something that, you know, it's on your cars right now, it's in your nose, it's in your lungs, and, uh, but it's a great thing. So just, just embrace it. Just go ahead and embrace it. Get outside, um, breathe it in. It's really a really good thing. Hey, but it means that also Easter is right around the corner. We're excited about that and being able to celebrate together. Of course, we want to invite you to be here the next couple of weeks as we're on the road to resurrection. We've been talking about uh, the unstoppableness of Jesus. We've talked about his unstoppable purpose. Uh, last week we looked at his unstoppable passion, and we're going to look today at his unstoppable presence. We're going to have a conversation today about a subject that, uh, that we don't always want to talk about. And, but I want us to have the conversation today. I, I want us to talk about that, that thing that we never want to talk about. And I'm talking about change. I'm talking about surprises. I'm talking about transitions. I'm talking about modifications. Whatever term that you choose, daily it seems like we are always served up a cup of change because it's just inevitable. Now, it would be great if we could go and we could order life like we go and order gourmet coffee, right? I mean, that would be pretty cool. We could just say, hey, I'd like a tall, extra hot cup of wealth and two shots of good health on the side. That'd be really great. Or maybe say, I want a grande, happy chino with a dollop of love and add some retirement sprinkles on top. That'd be great. Just go and order life just like you order coffee. The problem is life comes and hands you something completely different. Enjoy early retirement with marital problems and inflation. A hot cup of job transfer right before your daughter's graduation. You say, well, wait a minute, this is not what I ordered. This is not what I wanted. This is not what I asked you to put my name on the side of. How did I get handed aging parents and hormonal kids and an unsteady job? That was not what I requested. And yet it's the change that comes. And I, I've really run across very few people in my life who have enjoyed change. And yet all of us, we're just constantly changing. And Facebook memories remind us of this every day, right? I mean, Facebook, it shows you all these different pictures that pop up, and you're like, oh, that's awesome, and that's great. Look at how, what the kids look like, and look what you look like. You understand, you don't look the same as you did a year ago, right? You don't look the same as you did five years ago. You don't look the same as you did ten years ago. But in your mind, in your mind, you think you haven't changed. You think you still look the same. I mean, I feel that way. And then I saw online the other day that, my high school class is planning a 30th reunion. Now, in my mind, I still look like this. Now, I don't know why you're laughing about that. I mean, that's, I mean, you see this every day. I mean, this is, this is every weekend. You know, this is what, this is what you get right here. This is, this is me. This is it. There hasn't been any changes, right? Okay, maybe there's a little less hair, not only on the top of my head, but also on my lip. Things look different, right? Change forces us into transitions. By the way, I'm not asking any of you guys to put your pictures up here, okay? Right? Do you know the big problem, though, with change? 
Because with every transition, you have loss. You lose your hair. <laughs> you, lose, you lose your looks. And that loss produces grief. And we grieve over what we no longer have. That's why you don't like change. That's why you do everything you can to avoid it. You see, that grief that you feel over loss, it expresses itself through anxiety and, and through sadness. It, it comes out through depression and even sometimes through anger. I don't like this. It's why we stubbornly resist change. We feel that loss. We feel that, we feel that grief. And we don't want to lose the routines and we don't want to lose the interactions that bring us joy. And you understand it's nothing new. Jesus' disciples felt the same way. See, one night Jesus told them, he said, I'm going away. Now, he'd been preparing them, and he had been saying different things about what would take place when they got into Jerusalem. They were still trying to process it all. But he looked at them eye to eye, and he says, I'm leaving. This is it, guys. I'm going. The time has come. I've been trying to tell you. I've been preparing you. But now it is finally here. But it's not what they had ordered. I mean, that's not what they wanted. They were riding high on this wave of, of popularity. And, and now for the first time, perhaps in their lifetime, their countrymen had hope. I mean, just days before, they had gone into Jerusalem. And there had been this parade atmosphere. It was a great time. And yet Christ hands them a cup of major transition. And I think it's a great reminder for us guys that even those who are closest to Christ get their apple cart turned over. We get rocked by change. It's a sudden diagnosis. It's a sudden dip into savings. It's a restructuring at work. It's a rupturing that takes place at home. You had planned on spending your retirement years traveling. That's what you had ordered. But now you can't get out of the house. You didn't want to move. You thought you were just going to put down roots and, and everything was going to be the same and, and there wasn't going to be any transition for a while. Everything was finally going to be stable for you and your family. And then you found out that you had to pack things up and move across country. You were happy and you were content with the way that things were. But life comes and demands that the status quo go and says, guys, you're just going to have to change. You're just going to have to do it. And perhaps you felt like that your relationship with God insulated you somehow from this. That you were going to be kept clear from all the changes. That with Jesus by your side, you were exempt from all the other changes that other people have to go through and all the transitions that they deal, that they deal with. I mean, think about it. How did you respond the first time that you realized that being a Jesus follower did not come with a you will never have to change guarantee? Did you panic? Probably. Did you get angry? Absolutely. You see, we panic at any mention of change. Graduation's coming. Run for the hills! What's going to happen? My kids have been in this routine. They've been in the house. They've been upstairs. They've been in the bedroom. They've been around our table. Now they're going to be gone. You're the one that's graduating. You're like, well, what am I going to do? What kind of a job am I going to get? What's college going to be like? Where am I going to go? Do I really have to get up that early? What's going to happen? You get a new boss at work. Run for your lives. Hide the women and children. Right? What are we going to do? We just figured out how to work with the old boss. 
We just figured out her expectations. We just knew what he wanted, and now we're getting everything changed over again. Wait a minute, God. Me and you, we're close. Why am I having to go through this? All the pagans are supposed to deal with these changes. And then you compare yourself to your senior picture, and you're like, God, you must have a real sense of humor. Guys, change, even for those who are closest to God, is just inevitable. But here's the good news. The good news is, so is God's unstoppable presence. You're not going to be able to avoid change, and you cannot avoid God. Change shakes us, but God sends us a promise to stabilize us. And that promise is this. God has promised that he will never leave you. He will never leave you. You're never going to have to grieve being without God. And so Jesus says, hey, I'm going away. This is it. The time has come. I'm leaving. But he also said, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you another counselor who will be with you forever. Forever. Jesus promised another, but that word, it doesn't mean another like different. He uses a word that actually means just like the first one. And who's the first one? Well, it's Jesus himself. And so the assurance that Jesus gives to his disciples is this. Look, I'm going away, and you're going to be entering a new season of life, a different chapter. A lot of things are going to be transitioning. Much is going to be different. But one thing is going to remain constant, my presence. You're going to enjoy the presence of another counselor. And look, I think from the disciples' perspective, they were kind of bummed out with this news. I mean, where it wasn't, again, what they were looking for. It doesn't seem like a very good deal for them. It's not a very good trade. They're like, all right, we've had Jesus in the flesh. We've had the Son of God walking, talking, right here with us. Three years, we have had God right here in our presence. And now we're going to trade that for the Holy Spirit? Doesn't really seem like that great of a, of a trade from their perspective. And sometimes we agree because we kind of look at Jesus as being varsity and Holy Spirit being JV. You know? It's like, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, uh, God. I want Jesus. And yet Jesus says, from his perspective, it's better if the, for the disciples if he leaves. Because when he leaves, the Holy Spirit comes. See, if you look at John chapter 16, it's a continuation of this conversation that he began there a couple of chapters before. And in verse 7, he tells the disciples, look, I'm going to tell you the truth. It is good for you. It is better for you that I am going away. He says, because unless I go away, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, well, I will send him to you. So the Son of God is saying, look, it's going to be better if I go. It's going to be better if I'm not here. Because when I go, he will come. Now think about it for a minute. Why is that better? Why is that a better thing? To have the Holy Spirit than to have Jesus? Well, I think it's, it's kind of simple. Because Jesus, because Jesus could be with them, but the Holy Spirit would live in them. And that makes all the difference. You know, having God with you is good, but having God in you is better. I mean, God with you, yeah, that's great. And we, we love talking about how that God is with us. But having God in us is an even better deal. 
So Jesus says to his disciples, look, it's just better. It's going to be better if I go. I know it's going to be changed and it's going to be different, but now the Holy Spirit will live in you. You see, when you place your faith in Christ, Christ places his spirit within you. It's not a strange spirit, but it's the same spirit, the encouraging spirit, the comforting spirit. And what Jesus did for his followers, the spirit is promised to do for you. Jesus taught, the spirit teaches. Jesus healed, the spirit heals. Jesus comforted and the spirit comforts us. As Jesus sends you out into your new season, he sends his counselor to go with you. So maybe you are looking at graduation. Or maybe you're looking at saying goodbye to a graduate. Maybe you're transitioning into marriage or maybe you're transitioning out of a marriage. Maybe there's a new job on the horizon. Maybe there are changes coming place or coming to place in your job. No matter what it is, whatever that transition is that's taking place, you need to understand that God is not only with you, but God is in you, and he has promised to be there during each and every season. You see, the word counselor means someone that comes up alongside of another. Jesus is talking about this, this unstoppable presence, and it's that presence of God's Spirit that would give the disciples peace of mind and heart. And wouldn't it be great to have some of that? Wouldn't it be great to have peace of mind and heart when you're standing in the cemetery at the graveside? When you walk out of the doctor's office after they couldn't find the heartbeat on the ultrasound? As you look down at the divorce papers? And man, you wanted everything to work out. As you head out of the office with a box from your work after you've been told that your services are no longer required? Or you look around at your faith community and you realize things are not the same. The Holy Spirit comes alongside you. And there is peace and knowing and, and understanding. You know what? I'm not going through this by myself. I, I'm not facing this change. I'm not drinking this cup of transition on my own. I'm not weathering this storm all by myself. You know, you might grieve the loss of a family member or the loss of your own health. You might grieve the loss of your mobility or the loss of a church ministry or a tradition that's very important to you, but you will never have to grieve the loss of God. And that's the promise that he gives. That's the blessing that comes in the midst of change. Because where God's spirit resides, there is peace of mind and heart. So Jesus looks at his followers and says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You see, God is faithful God's faithful, and he's promised to be with you. He's promised to be in you. But let's be honest, faithfulness at times can just be boring. You know, when I was growing up, my mom called our car Old Faithful. And it was old. It was faithful. But it wasn't one of those hot rod looking cars. It was one of those Caprice Classics. You guys remember those, right? It was that Chevy Caprice Classic. And it was long, and it was heavy, and... But it was faithful, and you walk outside, you crank that puppy up, and brum, 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 you know, it starts up, and man, it, it, is, it is great. It's still probably driving around somewhere today. But when you talk about being faithful, you look up that definition, and it's predictable, and it's habitual, and faithfulness is sturdy, and faithfulness is routine, and it's functional, and it's not fast, and it's not flashy, it's just faithful. You know, when I talk to prospective brides and grooms, I always ask them to, 
to put forward a, a list of expectations that they have for each other uh, and for their marriage and, and what's going to happen in the future. And it always surprises me that whenever we sit down to discuss these expectations, that neither person lists faithfulness as an expectation for their spouse because it's just a given. It's just a given. I mean, faithfulness is boring. It's just what you expect. Author Mark Buchanan writes, we live amidst surpassing wonders, but most of it has just become just run of the mill. We dwell among endless miracles that repeated day after day have grown tedious. We are lavished with gifts that we now expect or ignore or begrudge. After all, I mean, how many of us just get excited about the sun coming up? It's like, woohoo, sun's up, buttercup, right? Yes! The sun came up again today. How many of you guys walked into the parking lot and then walked into this building and you were high-fiving going, can you believe this? The sun, it's back. This is awesome. Look, the sun. I mean, if you had done that, we probably wouldn't have let you come in. We just said, you know, there's a place for you and it's probably not here. You know, just, just go and be with God. Be with God and, and go we don't get excited about the ordinary. We don't get excited about the faithfulness because faithfulness is just boring until it's gone. Until it's gone. Just ask anyone who's ever dealt with the infidelity of a spouse or the betrayal of a child. You see, we've got to learn how to enjoy God's faithfulness without taking God for granted. To... to Lean into his presence, enjoying the faithfulness that he provides. And I think that's what we have to do. We've got to be able to lean into God's presence. We've got to be able to recapture the conviction that, that was so central to people, the people of God throughout all the ages, and that is that God is still present and active in this world, that he's here, and that God's presence is not only among us, but God's presence is within us. But because of the society we live in, our Western culture, we've just become so enamored and become so dependent upon human ingenuity and innovation that, that we've just reached the conclusion that we don't need God anymore. We don't need God. We've got everything on our laptops. We've got everything on our cell phones. Our management skills, our elite philosophies. Who needs God when you've got everything that we have? And the danger for us is that as believers, we become so focused on our own abilities and we get so focused on the physical and all the things that we try to achieve that we forget that the most fundamental truth in the world is that real empowerment is spiritual. It's not physical. See, the disciples, they had spent multiple years with Jesus and he had been instructing them, he had been teaching and coaching them. But nevertheless... They were unprepared to begin their mission until they were empowered by the Spirit of God. And so for us, the acknowledgement that the Spirit of God dwells within us is the acknowledgement that by ourselves, we can do nothing. We acknowledge, you know what, we're inadequate. We're weak. And it's an echoing of Jesus in John chapter 15 where he said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and apart from me, well, you can do nothing. Now look, you can make a decent living, and guys, you can raise a great family, and you can have a whole lot of fun, but in terms of the spiritual dynamics of your life, in terms of an empowering your life to make a, a difference in a world that is constantly in turmoil and constantly changing, 
In terms of being salt and light in this world, you, without the unstoppable presence of the Spirit of God in your life, can do nothing. And we've experienced this. We experience this when we fail to pray. We experience it when we fail to be still. When we fail to seek God's counsel. And then we wonder, why am I so anxious? Why am I having such a hard time sleeping? Why am I so fatigued? Why, why am I so guilt-ridden? Why do I always feel depressed? Why am I just frustrated all the stinking time? You see, we, we try to achieve God-honoring results with human-centric strategies. We'll just figure it out. We'll do it ourselves. But guys, it doesn't matter the amount of podcasts that you listen to or the amount of books that you read. It's not about some catchy slogan or life goal. If your life does not end and begin with God, then you will be overwhelmed by all of life's changes. You want to know what to do. But because of God's unstoppable presence, we can embrace every season of life. All of them. You see, that's how God dispenses life through seasons. And we don't fall apart whenever spring begins to bud, right? Winter begins to fade away and spring comes. We, we don't go, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't know what's going to happen because the temperature is warming up. And I just don't know. I've gotten used to being 40 degrees. I don't know what I'm going to wear. There's nothing in my closet. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to stay inside all the time. I'm not going to go out. Or spring goes to summer and summer goes to fall. The seasons change. The leaves fall off the tree. Woo! The leaves. Where did they go? What's going on? We understand that. There are seasons of life. It comes and it goes. We embrace that. We look forward to it. Some of you have your favorite seasons, right? How many of you love spring? All right? Just give me an oh yeah if you love spring. All right. Hey, Jensen loves spring. I heard that, Jensen. How many of you summer? That's your time. Say oh yeah. All right, how many fall? Oh, yeah. All right. That's right. It's football time in Tennessee, right? How about winter? Anybody? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jensen loves them all. That's it. Nobody likes winter. Hey, guys, just like the seasons that we see around us, just like that spring and summer and fall and winter, we all have different seasons of our life that we enjoy more than others, you know? And some of you right now, you are in a winter season of life. And you're not happy with it. It's cold and, it, and it's dark and, and it's not your best season. Others of you, though, man, you're in the springtime of life. Everything's budding. Everything's coming up roses. It's rainbows and Skittles. I mean, it is just great. And that happens to us. We all go through these different seasons. And so we don't need to be so anxious. We don't need to be so concerned and angry. The Ecclesiastes writer that Sean read for us earlier, he fills the pages of Scripture with 28 different God-dispersed time frames. 28 different changes that he talks about. And you know, during some of those seasons, it's a lot easier to see God than others. There are some seasons in life where God is clear and, and God's presence is felt and it is vibrant. And then, let's just be honest, there are other seasons in life where it is difficult to see anything that is holy. And we feel that. But guys, there will never be a day 
where you will have to face life without God. No matter the season that you're in. No matter what season that you have been in, the one that you're transitioning to, there will never be a day or a moment that you will have to face life without God. And that means that there's never going to be a change or a transition that you will have to face alone. Whatever it is, whatever season you're going through, whatever chapter you are looking at entering, there is never going to be a change or transition that you have to deal with all by yourself. Because God's Spirit is with you through every birth and graduation, through every job, through every marriage, through every divorce, through every death. You are not alone in your bedroom. You are not alone in your hospital room. At the courthouse, at the church house, God's Spirit is present. There will never be a day where you will have to face life without God. It's because of his unstoppable presence. And so allow this promise to give you some peace this week. And look, I know there's some of you here, you need that. You need that peace of heart and mind because you're journeying to your own Jerusalem. And you know there's trouble on the horizon. And you know what is coming. And some, some things in your life are going to be changing this week. And you could be on the verge of a new chapter or a new season. But look, if I still looked like I did in high school, something would be wrong. By the way, that's my smolder right there. Right? You know what that says? Smolder. And that was a good look. You, you like the chain? Can you guys see the chain that was around the turtleneck? You had to rock the chain, right? Put the hat on top back there. Man, I, I don't know... I tell you, I don't know why that style ever left. I just got to be honest. I mean, that is, I don't know, maybe Easter Sunday. We'll see. We'll see what I do. <laughs> Guys, I was created to and for change. And it's the same for each of you. The same is true for each and every one of you. All, all of these teenagers over here, a lot of them went to prom this last, this last weekend. And man, Facebook was flooded with pictures. And they looked, they looked awesome. You, you guys did. Y'all looked awesome. But there's coming a day where everybody will laugh at you. All right? I'm just going to tell you. You know? There's coming a day. That, I mean, Josh Sutton, they're going to say, what were you wearing that night? What, what were those shoes? Right? Yeah. They're going to say. Uh, it's going to happen. And, and, and you know what? there's change that has come they were made they're made for change and you guys those of you who are who are more seasoned in life those of you your hair is turned a little white right you understand that you know the changes that are coming for them and you've experienced those changes you've seen that take place you look in the mirror and you know hey i'm different i'm not the same i'm not look i don't have that waist anymore i don't have those shoulders i still got the chain i just don't show it to you Guys, we were made for change. And where change is, there's going to be loss. And when there's loss, there's going to be grief. But through it all, there will always be the unstoppable presence of God. There will never be a change or loss that you will have to face alone. Can we pray and give God thanks for that? God, we do say thank you. We say thank you because there are so many things in our life that are changing. There's things that are changing about us physically. There's things that are changing about us mentally, emotionally. We're changing spiritually. And Father, there's things that are changing around us. And, 
neighborhoods don't look different and businesses are opening and businesses are closing and there's, there's all of these different things where things aren't like they used to be. A, a week ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago. And with all this change comes loss and, and so we feel it. it, it it's, it's something that seems like it's just wrapped around us. And so Father, we just wanna to come today and say thank you for the fact that through all the changes that we have endured in life, for all the changes that we will endure in our life, that there is one thing that will never change, and that is your presence within us. Father, we cannot say thank you enough. We cannot praise you enough for not leaving us alone here in this world to deal with all the different transitions. Father, we cannot, we cannot say thank you enough for the fact that you have promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And so allow that to, to lift us up. Allow us to leave here this morning encouraged and, and just of great, strong faith because we realize we're not walking out these doors on our own. We're not walking out these doors by ourselves. That not only do we have brothers and sisters in Christ who are with us, but Father, everywhere that we go, you are with us. And so whether it be a classroom tomorrow or just somewhere where we stay in our homes or, or whether it be a road that we travel to a, to a job interview or, or maybe, it's a, maybe it's a road that we travel to a doctor's office, wherever it might be, Father, allow us to know that we are traveling with you, that you are traveling with us. And allow the anxiety and the bitterness and all of those different emotions that well up inside us every time a change comes along, allow that to go away. Allow it to be replaced by peace of mind and heart. Father, we thank you for never changing, for being present in our life. May we share that peace of mind and heart with others. May we be ones that comfort others during the midst of change. But first, Father, may we feel your unstoppable presence right here and right now. And thank you. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Friends, we're going to sing and encourage one another. And I just want to remind you that the greatest change that you can make in your life is to stop living for yourself and to begin living for God. And to change trying to get, get out of this life on your own, to change that you're just trying to, to make it on your own instead of being able to submit yourself to God. If you've never been baptized into Christ because of your belief that Jesus is the Son of God, I would encourage you to give that some deep thought. And maybe it's not something you're willing to do this morning and come before this body and say, I want to be baptized, but maybe it's the conversation you'd like to have. One of our elders will be in our prayer room. It's located in our lobby. We'd love to have that conversation with you. Maybe you would like to be baptized this morning. We'd love to celebrate that with you. Maybe you're just someone that says, you know what? Change is inevitable, and I need to change because I have not been living my life for God. I mean, I said I would, and, and, and I've been baptized before, and I've come to church before, but you know what? I am not living my life for God, and I need to change. The Bible calls that repentance. And maybe that's what you need to do this morning. Come before this church body and say, you know what? I'm going to embrace the change. I'm going to embrace the change that God needs to have in my life. We're going to sing and encourage one another. And if you need to respond for any reason, we encourage you to do so. Will you stand and let us sing?